재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 We are discussing the year 2015 from an economic perspective. Uh, we got a bit of a broad overview on uh, what 2015 was like. Not a pretty picture uh, so far. We're going to try to jump around various topics uh, in terms of the economy during this second uh, segment and maybe take a brief look at what can 2016 bring to South Korea as far as the economy is concerned. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Once again, joining us here in the studio are good friends and economic experts, uh, Professor Yang Jun-suk and Professor Kim Se-wan. Uh, Professor Kim, can yes. I um, start with you? We briefly mentioned about how construction did okay because the government in the second half of 2015 made this big push to try to boost the real estate mm-hmm. sector. Um, very attractive rates. They had mm-hmm. the Anshim uh, Chonwan mm-hmm. program to try to get some people to get uh, more attractive mortgage products. They mm-hmm. made loans more available. I, I was able to actually purchase a home because of this period of, right. of kind of frenzy. Right. But now we're kind of scared because the government all of a sudden said, whoa, whoa, household debt is really right. a problem. Right. And uh, we're, we're going to have to do a 180 degree turn in our policy. Mm-hmm. How much potential trouble do you think the housing market could be in for 2016? Well, uh, according to a recent report by KDI, which is government think tank, uh, the recent uh, boom of the housing market has been pretty much uh, generated by low interest rate and government's uh, uh, less regulations in the market, not by uh, fundamentals like uh, increasing income or or, uh, getting out of the recession. So I think the construction companies will have uh, uh, wrong signals out of this hot market next year because they are losing uh, big business in the foreign sectors. Instead, they are recovering their business by uh, by selling their apartment in domestic market. So they will be uh, produ- uh, producing and providing more apartment in the next few years. So that's going to be something excess supply of the apartment in the next few years. So we've chronically talked about the shortage of housing, especially for those mm-hmm. looking for chance mm-hmm. rentals. Is that situation then going to change soon because of the glut of housing that is set to what these newly constructed complexes? Well, set to? well, this is what I said about the new apartment is about the purchase of the apartment, but the chance is about the renting apartment, uh, which is mostly uh, related to lower income uh, families, maybe and maybe not. So, Chunsei market will, Chunsei market's uh, tough situation will be, uh, will be changed in the near future if, if apart, if there will be more apartment supply right. in the market. So, so, my, what I'm saying is excess new apartment, uh, supply to the market will be a problem in the next few years. Okay. Not the Chunsei market. Okay. Got it. Uh, consumer sentiment, Professor Yang, um, seems like people were a little bit more willing to spend, especially, I suppose, in the aftermath of mayors. And before that, I suppose, when in the year previous about this Hell Ferry, how these major events sort of put a damper on, on sentiment. Uh, do you think consumer sentiment is on the rise and it is a sustainable thing? Okay, well, the uh, last few months' statistics seem to indicate that, but it's too early to make a... Uh, uh, definite, uh, make this a definite trend. Uh, you're aware that the government tried everything it can to try to boost the uh, consumption in the third and fourth quarter, having this uh, Korean Black Friday, yeah. uh, try, uh, f- almost forcing all the uh, major uh, 
department stores to have continuously have sales. Uh, so that does seem to have picked up consumption somewhat. But the big question is going to be when those type of initiatives slow down. Uh, and that hasn't happened yet. So we're still, uh, we'll still have to see whether this consumer sentiment will continue. Uh, but, uh, there's some reasons to believe that it might not continue because, well, the, uh, so many of the economic variables looking gloomy right now. Like what? Which variables? Okay, well, the uh, growth rate for next year, government is trying to uh, talk the market into doing better by saying 3.2% uh, projected growth, but virtually no other organization agrees with that. The 3.2 government projection is the, sort of the highest uh, a projection that we have out there. Uh, then you have these labor market reforms, which I think are definitely needed in Korea for the long, t- long term, but it's going to make uh, most workers very nervous about how secure mm-hmm. their jobs are going to be. Uh, and then uh, the continuing global slowdown, especially in China, uh, it's not... Uh, so our export picture is not looking good. In fact, probably internationally, just about the only good news we have is that the U.S. economy might be picking up. Right. So hopefully if the U.S. recovery continues and U.S. imports rise, that will uh, spark the uh, increase in Chinese exports, which will spark Korean exports. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to wait and see whether the uh, U.S. recovery is solid. Well, Professor Kim, one of the maybe indirect factors of why consumer sentiment maybe has been on the uptick recently has been the very low commodity prices, especially oil prices, which eventually have filtered down into prices at the tank. And I go to the gas station personally, and I'm very happy to see 1,301 per liter liter, because it was at 2,501 per liter, and that was a very, very difficult situation. Uh, But... From the macroeconomic uh, view, everyone keeps saying this is very worrisome. The low oil prices, not only a symptom of the global economic, I guess, downturn, but the idea that it will also affect um, various industries uh, negatively. Right. What, what, do you, what is your view on that? Well, uh, the oil price has been decreased over 50% compared to the last year, 2014. So, so that is very unusual uh, drop in oil market. But the since we are importing 100% of the crude oil that we are using uh, from foreign countries, it, uh, the dropping oil price should be a good news for Korean economy. And according to very careful uh, statistical studies, 10% decrease of the oil increases Korean GDP growth rate by 0.6% around. So that's the good news. But that is not happening this year because... Uh, the lower oil price is uh, destroying uh, uh, key industries like shipbuilding, uh, uh, chem- chemical industry, and, and oil refining industry. So this time, the dropping oil prices is, is, is something like a two-edged sword to Korean economy. Mm. Do you, do you agree, Professor Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, but uh, I tend to think that we focus too much on low oil prices. Uh, during the 1990s, when we had the uh, long-term, uh, decade-long uh, boom, uh, the real price of oil was actually lower than it is now. So uh, I think oil, the low oil price 
uh, because it's a symptom of the uh, gl global recession, and it reflects the likelihood or people's feelings that this uh, recession is going to last longer. I think that gives a bad impression of low oil prices, but I tend to think of low oil, low oil prices in this case as being sort of neutral. Mm. Uh, it, it's a good thing to have once the recovery begins. But right now, because uh, all the uh, sentiments are so low, I think people tend to look at it as another low right. point. Uh, but uh, one of the major factors on why people are so afraid of this low oil price is because of the uh, possible deflationary factors. But actually, if you look at the core inflation rate for Korea over the last two or three months, uh, if you exclude the uh, volatile uh, food and oil prices, we're actually at 2.2, 2.3%. So at least the deflationary worries that we had are mostly gone. Right, and there is another factor where uh, I suppose a rational move would have been for OPEC to say, look, we're going to tighten supply a bit to, to get the prices back up. But Saudi Arabia has a very clear strategy of wanting to, I suppose, drive out a lot of the emerging competitors, mm -hmm. including shale and mm -hmm. uh, other places, and really stay as the market share leader in this. And so they're going to probably continue the strategy for the time being, right? Well. Uh, for the next few months, probably. Uh, for longer, well, they just, uh, IMF apparently had a very recent report saying that Saudi Arabia, can't, even Saudi Fiscal Arabia area. can't uh, get there. To, uh, so they may have be able to do this at maximum for five years, but mm. not any longer than that. So maybe uh, this year, maybe, but next year, they're probably going to have to raise prices. Well, and, and in addition to uh, Professor Yang's uh, comments, I think, the, the, the dropping oil prices will really hurt uh, oil-producing countries like Russia, uh, Brazil, and Indonesia. And, and these countries' uh, problem, economic problems, thanks to dropping oil prices, will cause another global economic recession, I believe, it's sooner or later. Yeah. When we, when we talk about the global economy here in Korea and the old cliché of China sneezes, right, Korea catches a cold. Everyone always, we, it's ad nauseum, we keep talking about the slowdown in China. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with China in the 26th? Now, they obviously don't want their economy to that, you know, slow down too much, but they have a strategy in place, and we're hopeful that they have a pretty sound strategy, right? Well, that's what they, uh, that's what they say, and they definitely do need some reforms. Uh, problem is the reforms will probably be better if uh, their growth rate is a bit stronger. Uh, right, uh, we've been so used to having the uh, Chinese growth rate at 9%, yeah. 8, 9, 9%. Uh, right now the projections for this year, next year, and the year after is that it's going to be in the 6% range. So that's uh, going to be a big hit for Korean exports to begin with. Uh, but you know, Korea should realize that Chinese growth cannot uh, sustain 9% growth forever. Uh, nine, uh, so uh, this is something that we would have have to adjust with uh, just to uh, sooner or later. It's just that it came sooner. Uh, but China has, I think, two problems here. One is external. Uh, it's uh, exports are slowing down. But if the U.S. recovery continues, then there's a chance that the Chinese exports will recover. But they also have a whole slew of domestic problems. The largest of which I think is that the uh, real estate market seems to have collapsed a lot. And uh, 
we can't really expect that to go back to the uh, sort of almost bubble levels that they had two or three years ago. So in that sense, uh, the uh, slower Chinese growth is here to stay, maybe not at the 6% range, but not above 7%. So range. regardless, Korea has to make those accommodations, uh, made in, if not yeah, for the next We've been year, very lucky since the uh, Asian financial crisis. Uh, we've been, a lot of the uh, negative shocks that we should have had was covered by our exports to China. And and China, uh, because they were just starting out their development, the growth in Chinese uh, economy as well as uh, growth of their imports from Korea has really been extraordinary. And I think it's too much to expect that to continue for a decade after decade. Professor Kim, in yes. terms of household debt, it's again a very important mm -hmm. issue. It's tied into a lot of these things like consumer sentiment and the real estate market and, and all of these other factors involved. Uh, how alarming do you feel that this is, a, we're at 1.3 quadrillion <laughs> or whatever, some very astronomical right. number, but right. how is the, the government really going to try to handle this situation? Well, personally, I believe that the size of the household debt is okay, okay. Uh, which um, which amounts to almost uh, 1,100 uh, trillion Korean won, right. and that covers about 80% of the total GDP. But the problem comes in the speed of the household debt increase, which is twice higher than that of the uh, household's uh, disposable income increase. So given that uh, U.S. Federal Reserve increased uh, uh, interest rate uh, like a week ago, so in the next year, 2016, there will be uh, interest rate hike pressures from Korean uh, money market. So if that is realized, there will be more burden to, to households to pay their higher interest. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a source of another uh, a problem in Korean economy. Mm. Well, those are certainly issues that... Uh, we have to uh, take in mind. Professor Young, you briefly mentioned about how uh, one short-term pain, which could lead to a long-term gain, in your view, is the labor reforms. Very contentious, uh, still not passed, as we know, in the National Assembly, despite the president uh, demanding it for, for months. How vital do you think these various, not just labor, but financial markets reforms, all these very regulatory reforms, are in terms of trying to improve the economy, at least for 2016 and beyond? Okay, well... Uh, the reforms, the government is trying to package this as short-term stimulus uh, reforms. I personally have doubts whether they'll have that much impact on the short run. Uh, that's because most of these deal with trying to improve the productivity of Korean economy. Uh, so, well, labor, labor reform is one that can pay off relatively faster, but uh, still, uh, will uh, Will the companies hire more people in this uh, sort of a recession environment? Uh, will companies make more investment in this recession environment? But in the long term, I think these reforms are absolutely necessary because they allow the economy to be much more flexible. Uh, they allow the uh, funds to go to where the higher uh, value-added, higher profits are, which we've not really seen in Korea that much. The Korean development strategy has always been to uh, establish these large companies, uh, which are very carefully controlled, their uh, competition carefully controlled by the government, and we've seen in the last 10 years that we've sort of gone as, about, as far as we can with it. Uh, Chaebol companies, they're 
innovative for large companies, but if you look at a lot of these small and nimble firms that we see in Taiwan or the United States, our uh, economy, our companies cannot really match them. So we want to go in that direction, and if we want to go in that direction, we need these reforms. But uh, in order for these reforms to pay off, I think that's five to ten years further down the line. In your view, Professor Kim, then yes. what, besides all the reform proposals we've been talking about for quite a while, mm-hmm. what additional policy tools are available? Maybe fiscal, maybe monetary, maybe something else outside the box that mm-hmm. the government can implement to try to boost economic growth? Well, I think we need to uh, establish more uh, business-friendly environment, particularly for new business startups. I think that's that is the only way to boom. Haven't we been trying that for the past two years? Well, well, we tried very hard, but it is not enough yet, I believe. Because once we failed in our uh, business, uh, it, is, it is very hard to have a second chance in Korea because of the many regulations. Whereas in America, you can go bankrupt three right. four times. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So I think that's uh, practically that is the one of the most important issues in, in Korean Economy and secondly, we have to also pursue something structural improvements in our economy, and because of that, I think it is a credit of the Korean government to uh, to brought a new wave in in financial market by uh, fintech and uh, web based uh, commercial banks. So we have we need to try this kind of new uh, new uh, companies. Uh, by government and private sector together. So that down cacao deal right. is actually one of the few positive, right. I suppose, right. uh, uh, measures that uh, have been implemented. Uh, we're all getting close to wrapping things up here, but we want to get maybe just get a kind of a prediction of the future and, I guess, famously or notoriously when ec- economists <laughs> do these kind of projections, sometimes mm-hmm. maybe they're off the mark a little right. bit. So it's not an easy question, but I'm getting a sense of general pessimism, at least for 2015, and maybe not much more optimism for 2016. Uh, begin with you, Professor Yang. What is your overall prediction of the uh, economic performance or the future heading into 2016? And maybe it's an easy question. Are you more optimistic or pessimistic? And what signs should we look out for the consumer index scale of are you above 100 or are you below 100? Okay, I'm going to say optimistic, but for pessimistic reasons. Uh, uh, The uh, global environment, the domestic slowdown, that's actually been the same since 2014, 2015, 2016. But in 2014 and 2015, we had those extra really bad shocks, the Seoro incident and the MERS epidemic. So as long as we don't get a big surprise like that, we'll probably be do better than last year. But it's only going to be, say, about 3%. So you're looking 3% at 3% growth, growth, growth yeah. which... Uh, Which is better than this year. The OK says 3.1, yeah. so that's almost right there. And it's usually more po- op- optimistic than most of the other private things. Yeah, uh, v- so, and the reason I make, I'm saying that is because, like I said, the uh, situation doesn't seem that much different between 2014 and 2015. But in those two years, we had these really two uh, unforeseeable bad shocks. So if we don't have that bad shock, then we'll have roughly about the growth that we expected in 2014 and 2015, which is 3%. Okay, so accounting for variance, uh, two bad shocks in a row, third time's a charm type of situation. Hopefully, if, uh, if you're going okay. to have another really unforeseen third bad shock, uh, it's just Korea-specific, that means you're cursed. Professor Kim, yes. uh, your prediction then well, for next year? Well, uh, Professor Liang actually pointed out a pretty much pessimistic uh, side of the economy next year, but I 
uh, broadly agree with him, but the, uh, I, I think there is still hope for recovering economy in 2016 because, because uh, the domestic consumption is recovering, but very slowly. I, I think that is important uh, evidence of the hope for the next year. Uh, domestic consumption covers almost 60% of the uh, uh, nation's GDP or income. So, and in addition to that, uh, investment, uh, corporations' investment, private investment is also recovering, but very slowly again. So I think these two evidences shows something uh, faint hope okay. for the next year. Faint hope is, I think, the theme of this uh, discussion. Uh, I really appreciate both of you for joining us uh, towards this end of the year. Uh, as always, we've uh, enjoyed your insights throughout 2015, and we look forward to more uh, analysis uh, from both of you in 2016. Happy New Year to both. Thank you. Happy, Happy New Year to you.